Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I am your host, Honest Abe, broadcasting live from sunny South Florida with my trusty crew, the Italian scallion himself, Paul DeGracco, and the man they call the G-O-A-T, the goat. Looks like he's still amongst the living. Yes, yes, I'm here. Yes, well, are you going through the same thing I am? No, I have a real sickness, not your bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we have like okay. this. Our family has had this throwing up every twenty minutes thing going on. It's like no, it's great for weight loss. Oh, I could go for one of those compared to I, this. I mean, I probably lost two pounds. That's it. Yeah. I mean, for all two pounds, you could have went to fucking work if that's all you're throwing up. <laughs> I was at work. I work right here. I was at work, and then I, I was on a Zoom call, and I was like. Excuse me for a minute. I closed the computer. Oh, man. My whole house has up. been sick for two weeks. And then I was oh, like God. sick. But then I thought I was all right. And I kind of worked. And then I wasn't all right. And then I fucking left early. And it's it's been a mess. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. Marissa said she was sick yesterday. Marissa yeah, she's got it. Brian's uh, Everybody's passing virus hockey out everywhere. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. God. Well, better this week than next week. I, I tell yeah, you what. I, I really feel blessed. I don't know if it's the dirty filthy farm genetics of my parents upbringing or whatever it is you know being exposed to probably every disgusting element growing up very unhygienic childhood but you know knock on wood man i i, I really seldom ever get a bug i really yeah, i i i don't remember you ever really being sick no one, I, really don't. I, I mean i've never i've been i can only remember being sick twice in my life and both times i got hospitalized like one was pneumonia oh, God. Yeah, one was pneumonia. It was really oh, one, bad. one was well, I knew you when you were hospitalized. It was when I first started working with you guys, I think. It might not have been sick. I mean, I've been in the hospital for a couple other reasons. But, oh, okay. But yeah, I seldom get a bug, man. And yeah. my dad's the same way. I can seldom recall my dad ever. I mean, I know he's had a couple bugs in his thing, but really, I mean, it's it's I think it's the farmer genetics, you know, drinking dirty water growing up or whatever it is, but Do you- do you guys in your house, Abe, with all the kids, like, have you ever gone through this type of thing? Like where one kid gets a stomach flu? I think there was and... one time where like everybody in the house was sick. But my, That's my what baby, happened here. My baby girl seems to have, my wife doesn't get sick often, but she'll, she'll get a bug once a year. Yeah, that's um, Stephanie. My, my, my baby girl seems to have my genetics. When everybody else is like all dying and coughing and say, she's like, la, 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 running around the house all happy. <laughs> oh, God. I, oh, they must hate her. <laughs> but yeah man I, I i really i mean i'm i'm lucky thank god honestly i i don't have to really deal with it that often i almost hate talking about because i'll probably catch something now but i know it's like i don't we don't want to think about it here but then you know we we were a couple of days out of it then my mother-in-law came and we thought we'd be fine the doctor's like yeah you'll be fine just don't let her change a baby's diaper 
and they're sick now. So well, it's yeah, it the problem like my- is with you guys. You know, you got kids and family. It just becomes virus hockey. I mean, right. it started with Alex's baby. You know, Sonny right. had, but, but that's that's the worst part of it all right now because he, you know, Sonny was patient zero. So now, <laughs> so now he's actually- better. He's good, and he requires the most attention. And the rest of us are still. And sick. now you're sick, and you can't do it. Yeah, uh, it it has been it has been a trying week, man. I'll tell you what. If if anybody if anybody's out there that wants their kids to see why they they shouldn't have kids too young. Just come over to my house right now. It's the best birth control you could ever have in your life. What's going on in this house? I might come over, Paul. I could go for a stomach virus, drop a few pounds, whatever. Works Listen, you know, I, I, I don't. I, we thought it was gone completely, and then I'll, I'll tell you what. We thought we were out of it. My when the kids started feeling better, my wife and I were like, "Oh my god, oh my god, we're good." I haven't. I've been thrown up in fifteen years. I don't even. I like. I remember. I, I felt like I had to throw up. I'm like, "What do you do? Do I do I have to prepare for this? I don't." But you it, go it to worked. the toilet and you have your wife hold your hair up while you buy <laughs> it. Yeah, there's no. Yeah. Oh, you got a haircut. Finally. Yeah. Oh, why? Why do you leave the shadow? Yeah, I don't why? know. My wife likes it. In all honesty, I was going to shadow it this time. She likes yeah, the shadow. shadow. I don't it's know shadow. why. It's a yeah. shadow at best. It's, I mean, if it's that, it's Just more like a little bit of dust. Get a little tan and let it rise. Listen, man, anything that she even somewhat kind of likes or thinks that is maybe possibly slightly appealing or attractive about me, I do. Fair enough. Because <laughs> there's so few things that I got to make sure that, you know, I look as good as I possibly can. Who are you can. hiding, huh? Who are you hiding over there? Uh, she keeps coming in and out. She, the kids are festive, going to a birthday party. This morning as well. I am. Check it out. I thought we were gonna wear uh, ugly sweaters. Yeah, I didn't even think of it. I forgot. It's it's Listen, the last show. I didn't. I did not own a sweater when I lived in Chicago for twenty six years. I doubt I'm gonna own one in Florida. Really? Oh, see, I was a big sweater guy. Bro, I got a built in sweater. I walk around with all day. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Come on. I I used to love. I rocked that like '90s look for up until I left New York with like the black V-neck sweater and the, and the white t-shirt underneath. That was my look. Two things I, was you'll my never signature see look. a sweater and a turtleneck. Uh, I don't think I've ever worn a turtleneck either. I can't. I have no neck. Oh, that's true. How would that work? It would go. It'd be a, it would, it'd be a, yeah, it would, chin neck. Yeah. It'd be a turtle chin. <laughs> no turtlenecks. No so, so while Alex and I are dealing with, uh, you know, the pandemics in our houses, what's going on with you, Abe? You guys preparing for the holidays? Yeah, I mean, we're gonna have just pretty much Christmas Eve dinner. My, my wife went crazy. I, you know, I, I love my wife. I really don't know, but every now and then she just has these episodes of complete delirium, like delirium. You know, we we had this thing early on with Christmas gifts, right? And like she wanted to get these kids like a whole bunch of stuff and it was just like too much. I just didn't get it, you know? And, um, it, it yeah, really you talked about me. this. They get like yeah, one it, gift, one book. Yeah. What really need, bothers me about the whole wants. thing is half the stuff ends up in the garbage oh, in the first like month, you know, it's just such a waste. So wasteful. So we came up with this agreement, like God it had to be like almost 10 years ago, literally maybe eight years ago where the, the, each kid would get four things for Christmas. And I can't remember where we heard this from, but we've kind of been living by it. They get something to something they want, something they need, something to wear, and something to read. Four things. Oh, That's what they would that. get for Christmas. Really simple. I don't know what happened this year, man. She went haywire. 
Oh, I love like, it. Like she went, I literally said that. She, she literally, and you know what's, this is why I love my wife. She didn't like argue with me or fight me. She goes, maybe you should do the Christmas shopping next year. Like she knew, <laughs> she knew she went haywire. Like, I don't know what, what, what got, maybe it was COVID. I don't know what got possessed her, but yeah, man, there was just like too much crap under our tree. Wow. Yeah. It's so already under the tree. Huh? It's already under the tree. Our stuff is under the tree, and some relatives who aren't going to be by put yeah. them under the tree. And then, you know, when Santa comes, Santa has oh, his okay. stuff. It's all different yeah, okay. gift wrapping. You don't have any you gifts know, under they, the tree. They, right they, do get gifts from, they do get gifts from their parents outside of Santa Claus. Oh, dude. I don't know if we, I guess we do. Oh, we no. Do we've like one done gift. that. Yeah, yeah, we do one gift from us, actually. You're right. We do one gift yeah. from us, but, the, but this year it's the playset. And then. And it kind of makes it cool for them because they see all these gifts and then they wait. Well, I mean, not, I, 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 you know. I think Zara knows. I'm not sure because she actually still believes in the elf and the shelf stuff. So I, 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 I don't know, but she's one of those ones. I know that even if she knew she's still fake believing it like for years. Cause she's I'm telling believe. you, I think yes, Carmine totally what, scamming me. I think he she, thinks if he, if he lets out that he knows he's it's over. There's no, more no she just wants to believe that's just the type of girl that she is, you know, but um, yeah. So, and then all of a sudden they wake up and there's all these new gifts into the tree. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's I, I'm trying to. We I, we have some gifts under the tree, but it's because my mother in law is here and she gave them gifts. But my you know my family is all coming for Christmas unless they are too scared to come because of the virus. Ryan oh, wants to know what we're smoking, and in honor of our guest today. Ah, hold on, let me zoom in on that. Bam. Yes, Avo Karib. Bam, bam, bam. Are you it's smoking actually, the same? Yeah, of course. Of course. It's actually. Oh, mine's different. No, it's not. I got this. Yeah, it is. What do you mean? I got I got a different band. Mine's a Cinco. Curry, bro. We grabbed it out of the same box is at it? the same time. Why is yeah, look different. Put yours back up to the screen. Oh, it must be just a camera. Your band looks yeah, his, orange. His camera looks orangey. Yeah, that band is orange. Mine's red. I couldn't read what was on their oh, label, but it looked like a different label. Really? Abe has better lighting than you. Or a better camera. You don't see the difference in the color on your screen? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Alex looks a little washed out, but that may be the sickness. <laughs> no, I, need, I, need, I, need, I need to get a light behind or in front of me. I and just a have light. a I just have a regular desk lamp here, but what we yeah, should well, you get have the sun behind you too. Yeah, um, but what we should get is like those ring lights, those little. I mean, I can you know, ring lights. If I dropped, I would be more lit up too. But then I sacrificed the beautiful screen behind me, which we don't want that. Know, I'm rocking this till February. There'll be no uh, Philadelphia backgrounds for a while. Carlos, just, just maybe you just want him to add the great smoke somewhere in there. It's in there, bro. What do you mean? Oh Where? God, you know what? Oh, your head blocks it. That's yeah, why it's in it. there. No, he did a hell of a job with this thing. Oh, TGS, there it is. It's in there. Yeah, that is one hell of a hell of a job. Piece That's pretty cool. I feel like we might see some tattoos. You know, of that. you know, I, I just thought of something. We haven't run the shirts yet. It, well, no, that'd be like eight thousand colors. Take it back. Yeah, Skip forget it. it. Skip it. Forget not even possible. But that is pretty cool looking. Yeah. Look at the oh, Alaskans. Jesus. Ten, nine, eight, seven. Yeah, six, they gotta be up five. early. My God. Go to bed. It's they, Saturday. They, work out, they probably work out at 3 30 in the morning. She, I always see Michelle's posts at like uh eight o'clock our time in the morning. I'm like, wow, she's already done working out. Oh yeah. I, I slept late for the first time in my in since I've had children today. I slept till eight o'clock. It was the weirdest feeling in the world. I like woke up in a panic, like a cold sweat. I was like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" Seventy's like everybody's sick. 
Oh, okay. Again? I wish I could get up early. Oh, you can't get up early? Oh, I can't, I can't go to sleep. So I might not fall asleep till 2, 3. Why am I going to get up at 6? You have two children. I go to sleep every night at about 1 o'clock in the morning, and I wake up at 6. Yeah. Well, Sometimes that's what, 5.30. What time do you that's what Marissa's for. Oh, what me? time do you wake up? Yeah. Like a normal day? Go to work? Yeah. 8.30. Why the hell does it take you so long to get here? What do you mean? I get at 10 o'clock. Really? I usually stroll in like 11, 11.30. I mean, it depends. You know, maybe I'll stay in bed a little late. Yeah. <laughs> take an extra long shower. You know, I make it up on the back end. <laughs> well, yeah, that's I, true. Because anytime I ever stop there... I'm I think here. it's very rare that I go there and he's not there. I'll I'll pop in there yeah, from driving I mean, by at like nine o'clock. Yeah, only yes. difference is he's playing video games at night. Bullshit! One fucking very time. rarely. <laughs> I have seen him. I have seen him do it once. Oh yeah, I yeah, came yeah, back sure. there. Yeah, at nine o'clock on a Friday, I finally shut it down. I think it was even later than that. Yeah. Oh man. Nah, yeah, yeah, it was late that night. Sorry. Hey, let right. me ask. You got a let Christmas me... tradition you do every year? Oh yes. Yes. Yeah, you got you go out with a whole group of like same people every year. Yeah, we go out with a crew and we eat Chinese food on Christmas Eve. That's what we do. Oh, you mean you like go to a restaurant? Oh yeah. Do you go to the same restaurant or is it just different? Well, we used to. We used to go um, to a place called Gary Wu's in Boca, which was great, but uh, they closed down. Oh. And then we went to another place for a while. We've kind of bounced around the last couple of years, and the crew was skimmed out a little bit, but. Um, we still make our, you know, Chinese food tradition. We actually went to a place last year, which was excellent. Um, I think it was called Rainbow Palace in Fort Lauderdale. It was excellent, excellent. Chinese I love, food. I've actually I, heard of that. I love yeah. Chinese food, but I'm very sketchy where I go to eat Chinese food. I will yeah, no, Chinese food from a place, place I don't know. No, I, Rainbow Palace is high-end place. It was, it was really good, really good. Yeah. I, well, but there's a difference between high-end like a Chinese sit-down menu, like menu, and like yeah, I know, but out. there's not that many high-end Chinese restaurants lying around. Right. I mean, it's, you know, most it's of them are these here. little no, takeout. It's not like ancient or... fusion; it's just high-end, you know, yeah, New York type Chinese nice. Place. There's a good place called Uncle Joe's on North Lake, right where our old studio used to be. I've been there with you. That That's place was awesome. Great place. Remember great when place. we took Colin there? Abe got like this huge appetizer platter, and I mean, it was enough to feed like six people. And Colin, he's like, Colin, have some. Me and Abe are, you know, stuffing our faces, enjoying life. And Colin's like, I'm not really much of an eater. <laughs> I'm like, what? Do you ever talk to Colin? Not not in the last maybe like six months or so. I wonder how many of our listeners don't even know who we're talking about. That's the difference when you know the real hardcore fans have been around for a while and not. Alex, did you even ever deal with Colin? You never even dealt with I, Colin. I know, but I've never dealt with him, no. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's uh he's Colin a, was our he was actually really good. He was our board man for many, many years up until COVID, literally. And then we tried to get him in, but he couldn't commit. And then he tried to give us someone else's name. I don't even know if I brought you into well, that. He tried we to didn't refer really, us to someone listen, else. Listen, we really don't need a board man, board man for this format, you know, since we went to this format after COVID. But we wanted to keep him involved in the show and and you know, he was really good at it and he knew the vibe and he he he, he had impeccable timing with some of his oh man. Sound bites. Sound I mean, was, shit, right? he was really, really yeah. good. And, and he used to keep funny things from Abe all the time. From everybody. You know? He used to do this thing. What, what, what did you always say, Paul? Wow. Was wow. It wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. So, like, if you, if you just kept saying something, like, he would audio, but and then he'll just play it randomly throughout the show. And or you there was know if it was really Paul saying it or not. We'd be talking, and you just hear Paul go, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there was, was, there was, was one good. time 
there was one time on the entire show since I've been there that Abe said during the show, he's like, all right, you got me. I'm wrong. And Colin kept it. <laughs> he's like, we'll never hear him say this again. So, and yeah. he would, he's played it once or twice, but not very often, but. And, or 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 when you were when you were asking a question one time and you're like so when you were well if you were if you were okay yeah I got nothing <laughs> you were trying to come up with a question what what was Adam's soundbite that's, that's fantastic that's fantastic yeah that's that was fantastic. my phone ringer for him for a while that's fantastic yeah because he would say that all the time during a show but yeah we tried to get him back on and he had a part time job during COVID and da 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 da. You know, yeah, now he's working full time again. But I don't even know how it would work like this. He could he could run a soundboard. I mean, we could try it again. He was very reluctant. Uh, it's it's weird with people, you know. Like he loves I think, it. I honestly, th- you know, he loved doing it. But I honestly think he, he was reluctant commit. because he was scared because we would have to buy him equipment. Oh, that was the other thing. Yeah, we would have to have bought him some new equipment, which I was more than willing to do. And I think he was scared, like. Because he'd have to start using stuff he wasn't familiar with. And, you He's know, it wasn't a normal soundboard in the studio room. Right. And I think it freaked him out a little bit, you know. And I think he just, you know, was nervous and just didn't do it. Well, because Colin, he, you wouldn't know it by looking at him. But Colin's in, like, his 50s. No. I wouldn't have never known it. Yeah, I, I think he might be older than you. Which, which, which actually makes him all the more odd. Yeah, and, and he's been doing radio since he's, I mean, him and I, we, we used to... Uh, you know, past radio stories, but I started in radio at 16 and he was the same age, but he was like, you know, I was like kind of interning, working at a student radio station. He was like working at you a know, station. That's who we forgot to reach out to for our 10th anniversary show. No, we didn't. Oh, you reached out to him? I did. Oh, okay. He, he wasn't available. I'll just <laughs> say that. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, I reached out to him. I, I talked to him briefly. But he may come back. I, I would love to have him on and just talk to him about his life one day. For especially for the old school fans that love Colin, like because there were people that would just be like, we'd have a sound bite and people would just know and they'd like comment like, oh, Colin is awesome. Colin's so great. He's like the Fred, you know, from the Stern Show. I I would love to. I have a lot of questions for him. He's like an Adam. Like you have a lot of questions me. for everybody. You're just a very inquisitive person. I don't know. There's certain there's certain people that you meet in your life that you're just like like Adam, I'm just so amazed that he functions in regular still society. Alive? I mean, I don't think he does anything crazy that would kill him. That would kill him. But it's more like, how do you how do you survive in a society with all the with his antisocial lifestyle? And I, I don't know. I mean, and he kind of thrives. Like his one friend in Florida. Yeah, I talked to him not too long ago. Couple couple months ago, he was uh, he was golfing. It was a Tuesday. I'm like, really? You don't have to work? He goes, no, just everything's all taken care of. It all works out. It's okay. Funny. But the funny thing is, he's in charge of the staff at his new place. Oh, lovely. Could you imagine a team meeting? Listen, listen. I I can't imagine because his employer talks to me regularly, so I know the whole story. <laughs> he works for Norell. Oh, <laughs> he went to work for Norell up in North Carolina. <laughs> all right, guys, we're gonna have a really big day today. It's Christmas Eve, so we need to Norell all be gets on all our the drinks. 
<laughs> Somebody get me a drink. He is oh, living his best life. Terrell's though. like the the ghost of KMA past, huh? He's got all the uh, <laughs> all the derelicts. All the we'll go and do yeah. another remote there. And, I, and oh, we'll, I didn't go we'll talk to all the Was I sick? You, I don't know. You didn't show up when we when we got on the flight because you had some kind of an issue. And then that morning you were going to drive and you ended up not driving. I, I don't really remember. We, I, it was like a mystery why you weren't there. And it was weird for us because Adam didn't even know. So people would show, people were showing up. Like a lot of people showed up for that show. Alan Rubin was one of them. And they were like, hey, where's Abe? And we're like, uh, he, he had a family obligation. You know, we were, and it was very obvious that we were lying because we should have come up with a story together because we didn't have a story. Yeah, I can't even remember why I didn't make that. Something I, I don't I remember. I, still to this no, I still to this day I don't think I know. Must maybe maybe you were sick. Must been, it could have been. I don't know. I'm not sure. But if I was just sick, you would have known. Yeah. Must well, maybe something. I don't know. I, Must I, been I, something personal. Yeah. Well, because you don't share everything on here. No. <laughs> no. Mark Marcus Wood misses the Brewmeister. Well, we he came on briefly. For that for that Tenth, awkward two minutes. Tenth anniversary, yes. I gotta rewatch that. He was very he was very um drunk. What is what is the word? I don't think he drunk maybe he was, was, but he was very alive. Well, he was definitely morning. drunk. The word is drunk. He was definitely drunk. <laughs> it it was it was ten AM on a Saturday. Are you kidding me? He was already like half a bottle in. Oh no. <laughs> it was right. cool seeing them though. We got we got we got Eddie Guerra. Of Avo Cigars here for our Meet Your Maker segment. Let's start it up with him, get him on the show, and see what's going on. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. And now joining us live, Mr. Eddie Guerra. Welcome, Eddie. How are you guys? Is it your first time on the show? No. It is. No. It's yes. his first time for me, for is sure. Is it really your first time ever as a guest on our show? I swear we had you. I mean, I know you've been on the uh, Spotlight feature, I believe. Absolutely. Yeah, no, but it's my first time on the show. Oh, wow. Yes. Well, no welcome. pressure. Well, no, pressure. no pressure, right? Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. So, Eddie, how was how is closing out this year? We're coming to the end of 2022, man. What was well? First of all, let's let's start with this for anybody who's unsure. Why don't you tell us exactly uh, what you? I mean, you you had an extensive career in the cigar industry with many many companies. Uh, give us a little synopsis of where you've been and how and where you're at now with Davidoff and what you do for Davidoff. Cool. Yeah, I um I started a little different than most. I would say in this business, I started uh, overseas. So I was a um, importer distributor and then i had uh, lounges and cigar bars in uh, southeast asia and based out of bangkok thailand so that was fun um, and unique and then i moved back to the states and i kicked off uh i was uh, marketing director for gurkha for a while and from there i went to altus usa in which i was the senior brand manager for uh, monte cristo and trinidad and then from there, I'm, I'm here at a Davidoff, which is um, the Mecca, as I like to call it. And I'm the brand manager for Davidoff, Avo, and Camacho. So that, that's the very fast version 
but, but so Eddie, right. before you before you had cigar lounges, were you were in marketing before that, correct or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always marketing. I do, I do. So, uh, my all right. So, long story short, I, I grew up in in hospitality. My my family owns and operates venues all over South Florida, between Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and it was just part of the family business. Uh, something that I naturally gravitated to. And I just really enjoyed um, hospitality in every sense of the word, like really taking care of people, making sure they're happy. And mm -hmm. I enjoyed the marketing aspect to it. So I kind of went my own route, worked with the family for a bit. Then I just being the youngest of four, I, I totally wanted to go my own way. And I became um, the marketing director of a company called Mickey Beach, which uh, we were a global luxury lifestyle, like beach club and hotels. So that's actually what led me to Asia. Um, and okay, I that was my next, that was my next question. Yeah, yeah, that's, they moved me and as a global marketing director there, they said, Hey man, we're going to send you to Thailand to open up the new hotel. You're going to be there for about a month, open up the hotel, get it operating, open up the beach club. Then, you know, you'll go to Bali and it was like, so on and so forth. And that month turned into three months. Then that three months came back home for about a month and they were like, ah, oh, we need you to go out to now like almost manage the region. And that turned into three and a half years wow. of living out there, which was awesome an amazing experience. And this is, you know, growing up in Miami, um, as big as a city it is, it's just very, very small. Right. So um, the school that I went to, we grew up with pretty much most of the cigar manufacturers and their children. Like it's, we all went to the same churches. We all went to the same schools. We all went to the same restaurants. It's like, kind of a real small place. So when I was over there, it was really interesting because I love cigars. I grew up in Miami, my Cuban, you know? So it was, man, I want to offer cigars to, to our customers. Like it was an amazing amenity to have in the hotel because the way I saw it operating venues with bars, which was for every cigar that I sell somebody, I'm going to sell three cocktails, right? It's almost worth giving away a cigar. So I wanted to do this, but all there was was uh, Habanos were their specific cigar brand, the entire region. And with a 400% tobacco import tax, I mean, a Cohiba Rebusa was running $125 in Thailand. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was something that was kind of hard to explain how everything else is uh, extremely affordable over there. But when it came to like luxury goods, it was you know, 400% more. So it was, it was a really weird situation. And I was like, man, there's gotta be a better way. Uh, I contacted Pacific Cigar Habanos and told him I wanted to do kind of like a little like Casa Habano micro lounge in, in our hotel. And all they would do is give me a 10% off retail price. You know, and I was like, well, that doesn't really work for me. And they're like, well, it is what it is. Good luck getting cigars in this country. Wow. So didn't really appreciate the answer. And also, you know, coming from parents of Cuban immigrants that had tobacco farms and which is coincidental. Um, yeah, I was like, yeah, kind of like, well, fuck you. So I <laughs> called a bunch of the guys that I grew up with uh, in Miami and, and really, really small. Like I called the Padrones. I called Nick Perdomo. I called a bunch of people and I was like, hey man, I need 
cigars to sell in my hotel. You know, could you send me a few boxes? Because it's just for a hotel. It's no big deal. And, and it's I kind of got laughed at. They're like, hey, man, we're friends. We grew up with each other. Just you want a few boxes, man. I, I can't send that to Asia. You know, like if you want you want to do this, you really got to import. You know, you got to get an import license. You got you got to do everything completely legit, uh, which was a little eye opening for me. And I was like, oh, fuck. Um, I mean, I don't need cigars like that. But what I did was I said, let me get back to you guys. I went to uh, the hotel association meeting and I stood up in front of, like at the end of the meeting. I stood up in front of 19 hotel general man, uh, 90 hotel general managers. I was like, hey, it kind of small point after we discussed everything, but you know, we're getting completely fucked by, you know, Casa Habano and all this stuff. And in a way to get amazing premium cigars from Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, and all this kind of stuff, uh, it, it's gonna be at a lot less of a price point and I could sell it, you know, we could all get it at a, at a real wholesale cost. So we're gonna be saving half the money we could cut the competition. And really, let's just take care of our guests. And the general consensus of the room was like, yeah, 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 man, listen, you just buy it and we'll buy it off you, man. Like, there's no big deal. Yeah, they wanted you to do all the work. Right. Yeah, so I kind of, I left a little bit kind of like, man, did I just start a business? Yep. I'm going to become an importer. And I started with <laughs> 90 hotels is, is, is like I was on premise at 90 hotels while running my own hotel. So there's a really eye opening moment. Uh, also, because there's no brick and mortar most for the most part in Asia, like there's Casa Habano, there's Davidoff's. That's it. Like and it's they're very spread out. And for the mm -hmm. most part, everything is sold in hotels and restaurants. It's just a different culture, different licensing, different everything. So I was like, fuck, I mean, all right. So I, I did it, you know, and the first person I started working with was, was Nick Perdomo at the time, who was really instrumental in, in teaching me a lot. And, and real, you know, I'll never forget that. And uh, dude, it was magic. I, I eventually left the company. I was like, man, I'm gonna work for myself. You know, I was 30 years old and I just felt like shit. You know, I'm kind of at the top of, of that company that I was at and it was family owned. And, you know, they're never going to give me a piece yeah. of the company. So I was like, go for you it. Know, and they're really cool. Yeah. Like, and I was like, man, I've been opening up places my whole life for other people. And, and my family I was like, man, maybe I should open up a bar. So I was at that time, I was living in an island called Kosamui. So I, I flew to Bangkok, kind of scoped some things around, uh, ran into a guy um, who had a private member cigar lounge and I, I instantly fell in love because it was everything you would absolutely dream of that we do not have here in the United States, you know? So it's like, it was a beautiful house converted into a, an amazing lounge and overseas. And it was 50,000 US dollars to join this club. And the, like you walk inside the club and it was, there was politicians. You had like 14 different ambassadors from around the world. $50,000 one time or annually? And uh, one time. Okay. Still but like crazy. it was an, over, dude, in Thailand. But if you figure out, you had all the crazy expats, CEOs, ambassadors, diplomats. Uh, it was so like I walked in, and it was like everything you dream of as a kid of what cigars is all about. You weren't allowed to use your phone in there. You oh, were wow. always in a suit. You know, if your phone actually went off, you had to buy everybody in the in the venue a round of drinks. Which, <laughs> when you talk about people that have money like that, I mean, the round of drinks are not yeah, inexpensive. Not a nice tab that's a, that's a that's a pretty good find right there yeah. yeah and it was it was it was amazing and what that did was it, it cultivated 
this culture of true camaraderie, intellectual conversation, and the byproduct of that was an immense business network. So like, I, I was like blown away. So I told the guy, I was like, kind of told him what I was doing. And I said, man, I want to do this but for the public, you know, which still was very exclusive because you're considering a third world country in Thailand. You're still talking about the elite that could afford to go to wherever you want to build, but like without a $50,000 fee, because I felt like I belonged there, but I didn't have a $50,000 laying around. You know what I mean? Um, so he said, man, let's, let's do it together and I'll fund it for you. And I said, oh, all right, well, I'll, you, you fund it. I'll do all the work. And, um, I left my, I left my job with Nick beach and man, we opened up this place and, and literally it was, it was magic because funny enough to open up the place costs less than the $50,000 to join. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, you're doing construction in town and I built a beautiful, beautiful whiskey and cigar bar. It, it got like in the first year, it got like awarded by cigar journal. And it was just like this really magical place. And now are you, are you I was able distributing to, cigars at this time when you've opened this up or you stopped? Yeah. Yeah. So that was the backbone of the business. And then I wanted to do lounges Okay. and, um, we opened up the first lounge and we kind of curated this place to be, we only sold non-Cubans and it was only rare single malt whiskeys. Like, so we were just doing rare bottling. So I, I, I contacted this guy named uh, Andrew Lane and the Lane family in, in Scotland is like, they're, they're the big guys there and they do all the, the single pass bottlings. So, I mean, I was getting like Glenn Fittick, sorry, um, Glenn Levitt, 37 years old you know, like things like that. And we had over 300 different types of bottling. So it was like paradise and we cookie cuttered this thing. And in uh, three years we opened up five locations wow. and uh, it was, it was awesome. And, and I, I kind of, I got really picky because I, at the time I had a philosophy and I kind of still believe this, that you don't need more than 10 brands in your store at all. Like between everybody's portfolio, 10 brands, we cover everything. You know what I mean? I felt like it could cover every flare profile needed. And wow. it was like a really elite thing, man. So like at the time I was bringing in all like the who's who in the United States. I got to meet everybody. They were happy that they're getting distribution in, in Southeast Asia. And it was an amazing now, symbiotic relationship. Now, when you were talking about 10 brands, you're talking about 10 brands in your lounges not 10 brands that you were just distributing both oh so really so you get your distribution was only based on 10 brands now when you say brands are you talking about lines of cigars or 10 companies no no 10 companies okay so it's a lot more than yeah. 10 brands oh my god yeah i mean okay just, just think of god just think of between my father tatuaje Nick okay. Yeah, I like, just wanted to clarify it because it sounded like you were just was, working on 10 brands, which I was going to say is impressive. I didn't, you know. No, I, it was just 10, 10 companies, man. Yeah. 10 families, I guess. 10 companies is a lot of brands. Absolutely. It is. You know, I and it was really my first learning experience. Like, I, we're building humidors and, you know, it goes past friendship. Now it turns into business, right? So they're like, hey, man, you need to carry this, you need to carry this, you need to carry this. And like I remember one day looking at Nick Perdomo, I was like, God damn, I need an entire fucking 
in room just for your product. You know, it was, it was just so many things. <laughs> so I, yep. it was, and it was awesome. And you kind of wanted to carry it all because you kind of fell in love with everything and you wanted to support everybody because they supported you. It was, it was really interesting. Uh, so I'll never forget how this all ended because there's a reason why I'm back in the States. Cause at one point I was like, I'm on top of the world. I'm making a ton of money. I'm living in Southeast Asia. I'm never coming home. Right. Uh, Um, the military. All right. So I'm doing an event there and uh, Rocky Patel surprise visits me in Thailand, you know, um, which was really crazy because like we're just, you know, not many people come out there. So like all of a sudden I turn around and Rocky and Nish walk in the room. Like, oh my God, <laughs> how are you doing? And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> what are you guys doing over here? They're like, oh, we're at a wedding and, and, uh, in town so we decided to come by and visit we wanted to get to know you dude at that moment the military overthrew the government Ooh. it was like it was like you ever see um godfather when they're like in cuba and like cuba? Yeah. And, you yeah. know like it was it was a week like that right and wow. rocky left and ironically kaizad flew in from gurkha don't know why the two Indian guys were in town at the same time, but it kind of happened. Funny, and it, it was crazy. And that's you know, I was distributing Gurkha because it was it was extremely popular over there. Um, and it was just kind of like I remember he looked at me, he's like, "Hey man, you need to get out of here." You know, like this shit's kind of crazy. There's tanks rolling down the street, and I uh, and he looked at me, he's like, "If you ever need anything, you hit me up." When you get back to the states, I love what you built here. I was like, "Oh, cool, man. I I appreciate it." Um, and I kind of stuck it out for like another five months thinking like, you know, they have the government's been overthrown there, you know, 20 times in 44 years. So it's not something new, but like this one was bad and everything like shut down for like six months. It was like, wow. So uh, the guy that I had as a partner at the time, he's like, man, this will calm down. Don't you worry. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm 32 years old, turning 33. Like I'm young, man. I, I could start all over again. I don't, need to kind of like live in Southeast Asia. Like this is great. But to me, a real quality of life is being able to walk down the street and not have to worry about anything. Like I'm, right. I'm an American from Miami, bro. Like, so yeah, I, I think I'm going to go and, and he was, you know, it's like I sold off my, my shares to him and he did whatever he did with it. And is he still and around? I just, do you ever, do you ever, no, no, he's still, he's still, he sold the company to somebody else. The company's still there. It's still thriving. I, I hear, but you know, I, I just, we never really stayed in touch. I mean, I wasn't living in Asia anymore and it was what it was. And, uh, I moved back and I kind of was like, I need, you know, I'm going to take some time for myself, kind of reevaluate, see what I'm going to do. And I was on this whole thing of like, you know, my family had been, he was like, fuck it. Let me just open up this same concept in Miami. Um, and as you can imagine, that's, that's, it was very different in cost, right? So, um, I, I tried to do it. And then at the time you had, uh, Ryan and Jason were opening up prime and brickle. If, if you remember that they, they went from Boca to brickle. So I was like, man, it like, and, and our concepts were really similar and he, see, they seeked me out and I, kind of did a contract to, to help them open up the place and we opened up the place for them. And at that point I kind of realized like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, like 
it's just the the the, the way the the laws and everything functions in the United States, and it's just the cost of, of insurance and fucking employees. And it was just so much. It was a little overwhelming. And after what I just went through all these years, I was just running high stress. And I was like, probably probably time I, 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 I take a little break. And at that time, um, Kaizad reached out to me again for like the 19th time. And I was like, all right, let's just let's rock and roll and, and let's, let's, let's do some creation. Cause I, you know, I fell in love with the business and I fell in love with what it was overseas. And I, and I've always said, I will change the business in the United States because it's not what I would love to like, it's not what it is. You know, like I would love to see it change and evolve. And I've always like you in a lot of interviews and a lot of times I, I re repeat that line, which, I could get into it later, which was kind of dumb of me to say, really, because I'm not going to change shit. I, mean, I, I eventually had to find, I thought I could, but what it was is I had to find my tribe and the people that are going to change shit with me. I have to be a part of the team that all has the same vision. And, and luckily today I am, right? Which we could get into that piece later. But um, so, yeah, we're still going to change the business. Um, but I worked for Kaizad and it was a really interesting time because what I was really in love with was the concept of developing brands and, and how to market them and be creative and packaging and there was no better company to do that with and it worked you know and, and I learned a ton of, of stuff from him and, and that it's funny how everything works because I gained a mentor during that time during that time I, I was blessed and lucky enough to sit next to one of the greatest people I've ever met in my life which is Jim Colucci and I, I sat with Jim every damn day and he, he kind of like taught me so much about the U.S. business and I will always be grateful to him for that, um, which was neat. And then at that point, uh, two years into that, somehow, some way, I was uh, recruited by another great person. You know, Rob Norris came up to me and he was like, man, kid, God. I, I, I owe so much to him. He he saw like my vision one time and he was just like, man, I'd love to have you come over to Altidus USA you know, and, and do what you do for Christo. It's funny. It was, it was a crazy interview process to, to go through the whole gamut. And, and one of the questions he asked me was like, Hey man, what, you know, if you were to, to come on board, like what would you do? Like what brands aside from Monte Cristo? And I, and I told him, Right, right off the top, I was like, give me Trinidad. And he kind of was taken back a little bit because he's like, who the fuck says that? You know, it was just like at a very different time in the company. It's, it's always been and, one of their key moniker, you know, uh, legacy brands that they just never were able to get going. They were never able to there, get there it going. Been, there hasn't been, in my opinion, an iteration of Trinidad that sustained or really reached the market until Espiritu recently. Thank you. Right. That, so that was it. Right. So I, before I started the, the, the gig, this is a little, he's like back of the napkin, pitch me something. And I pitched him Espiritu back of the napkin, you know, and I was like, kind of had a holding the vision for it and, and all this stuff. And he's like, you're, you're kind of crazy kid. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. And then, Two years later, it all worked itself out. It, it wasn't the first thing, but it was kind of like what got me into the company. Um, that was 
an awesome ride because I met a lot of awesome people. I worked with a lot of great people and um, who are who become more than friends or like family to me. And that was it was great. And then today, it was it was almost like. Do you not to cut you off? I, do you remember the Trinidad? I even forgot the name. It was so terrible. It was the one with the paradox. Oh God, was that the worst ever? It was not very good. No, it was not very good. Packaging uh, design. Look, forget about even just how the cigar was. I mean, just right. totally disconnected from tr- the name Trinidad. Yeah, you, you know, just a complete yeah. disconnect. I don't know who I mean, thought that. I don't know who thought that up, and I don't know who thought that was going to be a good idea. But wow, you couldn't have been more. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know either. It was. It was not very good. Um, which it helped me because it helped. Yeah, me with, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it did. It helped me stand out a little bit. But um, so the beauty of all this was, Paul. You got to pull up a box of paradox just just for any of our listeners who don't know what that box looked like. Okay, I'll find it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, you're talking about one of the most quintessential. You know historical brand names, and wait till you see this packaging they had come out with. But go ahead, Eddie. I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, no worries. So the beauty of all this is, um, throughout, I felt like I had to go through that entire process of all those trials and tribulations and creation and, and different paths to lead me to where I was today because I was able to reconnect with one of my childhood friends. So, which was when we were growing up, we. You know, we would always talk about artistic stuff and creative stuff and, and how to like bend the rules. And like we're having a pretty forward thinking conversations at 14 years old. Right. Um, and we both were creative directors eventually in our lives later on. And this gentleman, you know, which I, I moved to Thailand for all those years and he came back, was in my own world. And this gentleman approaches me one day and it turns out he's in the fucking cigar business. <laughs> right. So. And it was like this amazing moment to reconnect. And he looks at me. He's like, hey, man, I saw that Trinidad stuff that you did. It was really nice, man. I love the work. I was like, oh, man, thanks, man. That means a lot. He was like, I'd love to get together. You know, like, we should work together. You know, um, yeah. he's like, and and that, that person is, you know, Dylan Austin, who's fucking the president of Davidoff, right? So that was like a really amazing moment for me. And, you know, he re- he brought me on board, and you know, and that's this is where I sink and come back around. Where I, I, you know, foolishly I used to say, "Man, I'm going to change this business. I'm going to change this business." And it, what it really was is I, I actually had to find the group of people who had that same mentality and that same drive and that same power. And I'm I'm really grateful, man, because like I was brought into this tribe, as I like to call it, of people that just all have the same animalistic mentality and want to bend the rules and 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 innovate and really revolutionized what we consider our, our business today. And it's been a awesome ride and is where we're at. And in the two, I've only been there two years right now. And the two years I've been there, it's been, it's been an amazing challenge, you know, because one thing is adapting to the Davidoff way, which is extremely forward thinking, very fast paced and, and super elite. And then adapting to that while a pandemic strikes, Right, which to me was the greatest gift any marketer could ever receive because all we've ever talked about as marketers is how we need to evolve and go digital and do this and do that. And no one ever gets it, right? Or they're like, yeah, we know it works, but to really invest in it and put 
resources behind it to help people. It, it never happens. And this pandemic forced the hand of some serious people to be like, all right, fuck it. Let's see what you got, man. We got nothing else. And uh, we were able to to put together amazing programs. And, and as you can imagine, the digital explosion, you know, hyper speed 10 years ahead. And and the things that we're all doing today is, is pretty crazy, man. If the pandemic didn't happen, we probably wouldn't be here doing these same types of activations. And, and you know, from people who really don't know about Dylan Austin, it's really an incredible cigar industry story. You know, Dylan Austin started out as a graphic designer for Camacho right. Cigars. Now, I remember because my mentor was Sal Fontana, who was with Camacho when they were Caribbean imported cigars and, and whatever. And I remember meeting Dylan when they first hired him, talking to him, his ideas. And um, I literally told Sal Fontana, God rest his soul, I said, you guys don't know how to utilize this kid. I, I'm just telling you now, if I could afford him, I would steal him from you. Because Dylan was he that talented. But... If you look at his transformation, it really is amazing. So, you know, then then Camacho gets acquired by Davidoff. He moves over to Davidoff. And he went from, you know, he's president of Davidoff USA now. And I'm telling you, not only did he change his, you know, grow as far as the business, Dylan looked, Dylan is Cuban. He was a, he was a yes. lumpy, he was a lumpy Cuban yes. guy. And he looks Swedish now. I swear to God. If you <laughs> so look at Dylan... Dylan looks like a Swede. I mean, he has become like the quintessential Davidoff president. So not only career it's transformation, crazy. his physical transformation almost matched his, his his job. It's amazing. It's crazy, man. He is he's one of the brightest minds I've ever met in my life, man. And um, yep. it's it's. I wish yeah. I could pull up an old it's picture. I mean, by the way, he is Cuban. He is Cuban, and he is a Gara, by the way. There we go. I had no idea he was Cuban. We've had him on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His, his mother's Cuban, and, and she's a girl. Uh, I'm, and I'm, I'm. We're all from the same towns in, in Cuba, so we we say we're long lost related. We probably could trace it, to be honest. But I really gotta look uh, in my archives and find an old picture of him. I mean, oh, don't do that to him, man. The, the physical amazing. transformation matched his <sighs> career transformation, literally. He, it's amazing. He's crushing it, man. That guy, you know. When before I joined inside industry conversations, they always talk about like, oh man, who's going to be the future? And like, I get, I always say like, man, we are the future of this business in 30 years from now. They're going to be talking about us the way we talk about, you know, George or Carlito, because it just yeah. is what it is. Right. Yeah. And so I always say that we, we owe it to the industry that we need to respect and do always the right things because we're going to be the people pushing it forward. So we can't fuck it up. Right. And in that I've always, you know, got tossed around as a hey, man, you're like a really creative person. And so it's Dylan, but I grew up with Dylan and I knew him and I was always like, yeah, he's really cool, but whatever, man, you know, like the, the competitive thing kicks in and somebody sat me down and put me in check one day and was like, nah, man, you don't, you don't, you don't know the capacity of what this human being has. And I was like, I don't know. I was, I'm pretty confident in myself. So I'm, whatever. But like, and then I got to work with him. And in life, there's two types of leaders there's visionaries and there's operators. And for the most part, everybody's an operator. People like Steve Jobs is a visionary. He figures out the vision and then he lets the operators execute. I have never in my life met somebody 
like Dylan, who's a visionary and an operator. Like the way he could execute and dissect business plans and numbers and prepare like an operator and yet still be a visionary is mind blowing to me. And like I was humbled very quickly. You know, I was like, wow, this guy, this guy's the bomb, man. Who, who is my friend that transformed? Like, I didn't even recognize him anymore. It was like, yeah. man, he hit hyperspeed. Like, something happened. Like, he just hit hyperspeed and went, he blew past everybody. And I've been around some pretty impressive people, you know, just in the cigar business, you know, mentored by Colucci, been with Rob Norris, a lot of people. And like, and with all respect to them, and like one hour with Dylan, I realized like, holy fuck, this guy's a feature of this entire industry. And we get to be a part of the team, which brings me together. Like, all right, now now we are going to change this business. It's not just me. It's everybody. We're going to be a part of the team that revolutionizes and evolves this entire industry. So I'm pretty stoked about that. So, you know, I've always said amongst my own team, you have to have depth of vision. That's what I call it. You know, there are visionaries, but there are different levels of visionaries. And it's almost like your headlights driving at night. There are certain people who can see 30 feet down the road, you know, next year, whatever. Then you got guys like, you know, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates who, who are looking at 20, 30, 40 years, Damn. you know, in their depth of vision, what they're looking at. And and I, and it, it makes all the difference on how far down the road you could see. I mean, and, and, and think and, and plan and, and, and see where things are going. Um, Paul, you found an old picture. I, I think it's, a, I mean, it's definitely an older picture. I'll tell you how old it is when I see it. All right. It's with Matt Booth. Yeah, that's pretty old. That's very old. That's pretty old. I mean, look, look at that. I mean, he, he literally, he's become Swiss. I swear to God. Yeah, he, he looks great, man. Like him and I, we, we both train every single day. I look at Matt Booth he, in that picture. Holy cow. I know. He looks like a child. Right? Wow. <laughs> he, a, Dylan Dylan was awesome to have on the show for sure. I you know He was. I can I can see I can see where what you uh you know what you like about him and, and working for somebody like that. Do you it so it's been so it's been two years for you? It's been two years and you know, it's really rad. Like, so he brings me on board, but he somehow figured out a way to place everybody to be an important piece of the puzzle. And we're all fucking the same, man. Like we all challenge the status quo. Like Lana's a beast. Zach's a beast. Everybody's a beast, you know? And, and it's our, our, when we get together, our meetings are like, you know, we, we, we just do things different, man. It's really cool. I don't know how else to describe it. Well, I mean, we're going to get a little bit, we're going to head to a break pretty soon, but we're going to talk more about Eddie Guerra and what he's been doing with Davidoff, what they have up ahead with Davidoff. And Eddie's going to be uh, uh, on his own segment as the record speaks by Alvaro Cigars. <laughs> Should we be interesting. Quite, we got to, this, is, this was yeah. Eddie's, Eddie's concoction. And Eddie and I have sat Stop. and talked, and uh, we have a brand new segment. A little different spin that will start next year in 2022. So uh, this will be the last episode of As the Record Spins, by uh, powered by Avo Cigars, and it's only fitting that you'll be our guest for the last segment of, of the year. <laughs> I, we may have to do I love that it. every time. Just bring them on, Eddie. Right, you may have to year. be our traditional as long as the segment runs, our last guest of the year. So 
Um, All right. We also what a got, cool beginning story, man. It was very cool. Sorry, thanks, I didn't mean to man. cut you off. Dave, no, it's okay. I mean, a I, really I, great story. I don't know where I was. I was starting the show and we were started talking about today and I didn't even think of queuing it up because, you know. Well, because I did research, obviously, you know, not as much as as uh, as normal, but I did research on Eddie because I know I know of Eddie, which is little. Like, I've never I've never made. Well, listen, I just didn't put it down on paper, but I I've never met Eddie. And but I know everybody that we talk to in this industry always has great things to say about Eddie and Abe, you and you and Eddie get along very well. And you always talk yeah. about him and his stories and whatnot. So I I did some Mark. research on him and I was just fascinated by how he ended up here you know it, it's such a cool story of how how we're here today marketing yeah. people always get along yeah we that's do. true you know we, we just we had a fun phone call just coming up with the segment for next year yeah. you know <laughs> we, we, we speak the same language man yeah it's, it's the same. you know like i have the idea for the new intro and i can't wait to show it to him because i, I know so. he'll He's got the mind that's going to be really appreciative of it. You know, I don't care how cool you make something, right? An intro piece, a video. Whatever. If you show it, like my father was that way growing up. Now imagine me, I'm creative. I'm doing these creative things, whether it be before I worked with him at school or when I worked. And I'd show it to my dad. My dad would be like, yeah, nice. Like, I mean, <laughs> nothing ever related to him on any any level. Nothing. Right. Like nothing. He's not a marketing guy. He doesn't, you know, doesn't appreciate the nuances or or whatever it is. So marketing people relate. We get along. So um, also in hour two, I think what we are number two, number two of uh, we're on number two of the top ten mafia movies oh. of all time on season three of Tale of the Tape. And of course, we'll have our good friend William Cooper on. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be back right after this short break. Keep it lit. Surgeon General Warning: Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Currently available at your favorite cigar store, the Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua is another fantastic collaboration between AJ Fernandez and Rafael Nadal. Landing a number one cigar of the year of 2020 by Cigar and Spirits magazine, the Reserva Real Nicaragua is handcrafted at Tabacalera AJ Fernandez. This Nicaraguan Piro is a medium to full body cigar that is packed to the brim with flavor notes of leather, coffee, and red pepper, which pairs nicely with a spiced rum. Available in four sizes, Romeo y Julieta returned to prestigious form with the Reserva Real Nicaragua that should be enjoyed by all. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease.
that time of year again. We do our thing, try to get uh, festive, move into a new house, and we want it to look good in the neighborhood, win the contest. You know what? One of the most stressful things there is, because you can't do it during the day. You gotta do it when the kids are sleeping. So uh, here I am, enjoying a nice glass of Bonner Private Wines to help me through the night. I'm almost there. You know what? Our friends at Bonner Private Wines have some really great Malbecs right now. Perfect for the holidays. Check them out. It's a three-pack sampler. You can join the month, the Wine of the Month Club. You can try three different Argentinian Malbecs. They're really good. I enjoy them. They're helping me create this masterpiece here. You should check them out too. KMAWines.com has discounts for you on shipping, on the package itself. And if you want to become a Wine of the Month Club member, guess what? There's discounts for that too. Check it out, kmawines.com. I will be up for another couple of hours taking care of this. Check it out. Steve here, smoking cigars. It's that time of year again, the great smoke. For over a decade and a half, we've been hosting one of the country's biggest cigar bashes where aficionados from all over the world would trek to South Florida for a four-day extravaganza. In 2019, we themed our event for the first time, 70s Disco, Can You Dig It? And it was one of the biggest events we ever had, and we look forward to the very next one. Unfortunately, the world was hit by a pandemic, and cigar events and functions were being canceled all over the country. Our team was poised with the question, what do we do? Do we cancel the event? Do we do a half-cocked event and just get by? No. Instead, we put on our thinking caps and put on one of the most epic seven-hour virtual events that was enjoyed by thousands and viewed by tens of thousands of people all over the world. Our event in 2021, the digital experience, forever changed how these types of events will be done. So this year, for the first time in 2022, the Great Smoke, the Last Luau, will be both an in-live and virtual event experience. We had hundreds of people who contacted us early this year telling us how much they enjoyed our virtual event this year, how they had never participated in one of these mega events because they were unable to take time off for work and travel and come down. So this year we're going out of our way so that people can enjoy the event in their own home as they did earlier this year and also do it in live. Michael Hercox of Ferio Tego Cigars and Kim Keeney will be returning in 2022 to reprise their roles as co-hosts for The Great Smoke. As we did earlier this year for the first time, we have worked with select manufacturers to make very limited TGS releases. We got Aganor Salif, Espinosa Cigars, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, Room 101, and ADV Cigars. They will each be making a very limited run of TGS edition cigars, exclusively at ticket holders for The Great Smoke. There will be a series of special virtual events between the end of November and the beginning of February where all these TGS limited releases will be offered prior to the Great Smoke event. So you will need to get your ticket in advance to be eligible to get into the very special TGS virtual store to participate in these events prior to the Great Smoke date. As always this year, we're going to have a very special dinner hosted by the Red Meat Lovers Club and special guest Steve Saka from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. This is going to be a last luau feast like you've never seen before, and all attendees will get a very limited RML, that's Red Meat Lover Cigar, made by Steve Saka, 
just for this event. So what do you have to do to participate? Go to thegreatsmoke.com, secure your ticket, which will get you the last luau party back. Now, whether you're virtual or coming live, everyone will get the same epic package. This is the most epic Great Smoke package we've ever made in the history of this event. Almost $450 worth of swag and 40 premium cigars. They'll either be delivered to your door or handed to you the day of the event. As always during the Great Smoke, we'll have mega raffles and prizes. And whether you're at home or there live in person, everyone who gets a ticket is automatically entered. The event dates are February 24th through February 27th, with the main event being February 26th. And whether you're there in person or live watching at home, we're going to have five special virtual sessions and interaction with what's going on in the event floor so you can actually see what people and what things are going on as the event is happening. Tickets go on sale this Friday, November 12th, noon Eastern Standard Time. I urge everyone out there to get their tickets early. They'll let you participate in all the pre-virtual events we're going to have with the manufacturers who made limited releases, and it'll secure your ticket because our feeling this will be the most epic year ever as far as ticket sales and how fast they'll go. To get your tickets and for more information, go to www.thegreatsmoke.com. The last luau, baby, because this will be the last luau you'll ever need to go to. Peace. regards to uh brian you know we bought him a mic to use <laughs> alex has the mic i know alex has the mic i can he get did. them again I, uh, you know what i'm gonna have to reshoot that whole thing because tuesday my they're ripping out all the the, the landscaping out there i had somebody come because i was like what are these little trees all around they're like these giant hedges so that i guess they're cheap they're like two bucks each and they're like, you know, high, so it looks like there's stuff put there. So my whole yard, that whole flower bed would just be all hedges starting it. Like not any, like no bushes, nothing like just big giant hedges that will grow to like five feet tall. So I was like, all right, I guess we have to replace that too. So my moniker for my moniker for the last three months has been, if you've ever thought about building a house, don't. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dream come true but you're going to take another year and a half to get it to where you think it should be. But anyway, I'll reshoot that. So it looks better. Yeah. We'll get and to we'll, the mic. We'll, I got to get them from Alex. We'll get to the mic. So, um, but, we got to get you the updated video for the great smoke. Um, and the advent calendars have been going out. In fact, where's Eddie? Is Eddie around or is he? Uh... Yeah, he's here. I'll bring him back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was Eddie... waiting for his his intro. Yeah, Eddie's the type of guy I I know will appreciate this. So I'm actually dropping one in the mail for you, Eddie. I, I'd love for you awesome. to see this package. Um, and uh, we we're already working on next year. I got a hell of a hell of a concept and how we're going to improve this and change the whole experience tenfold for next year. So. Um, crazy, but we already have to start planning on it because what we definitely want to make sure is they drop on time next year. 
<laughs> yeah, just make sure you have it by like February yeah. and you'll be good. <laughs> we, we we thought August was going to be early. And well, I mean, listen, outside of the one faux pas of having it sent to California instead of Miami, it would have been on time. So I think so too. That was the big faux pas, which I, I even I, with even with delays, you still would have been fine. No, because it, it it was a little bit delayed, but I had such buffer room, it was going to be fine. But the whole thing was, we specifically told them to ship it to Miami. It had gotten to the port well early enough to have gotten it well in time to have had had it ready to ship like six to eight weeks prior to December first. But they, I think they did it on purpose to save money instead mm. of shipping it to Miami, like because it. It costs more to go to Miami, and uh, it backfired on them. So we'll never use that company ever again. I'm trying so, to find a good picture of the of the advent calendar to show. I mean, I know we just showed it. I they, love the 3D image in the commercial, man, where you see it like turning. It's cool. It's it's so much more impressive in person. Um, but um, are they still available? If somebody wants to buy one now, can they buy one? They are still available. In fact, we got them in the stores, and people are buying them left and left and right as just Christmas gifts. You know, they make yeah. Christmas gifts even though they're not advent calendar. Because, like, the one question we get asked more this time of year than anything is, I, you know, my friend's a cigar smoker. He's got cigars. What do I get? Yeah, what's special? I mean, it's about as special as it gets. I mean, it's literally the first ever retailer advent calendar where it's twenty five different cigars in it from twenty one different companies. $264.95? Yeah, it's about a $300 package, and you get 10% off on the cigars. But, you know, there's a lot of packaging and money in the packaging and labor and the shipping. You know, the shipping on the, those things is about 25 bucks, And, you know, I think, you know, we, we No, we that's charge, a great price. You, we just, do, we are just you encouraging shipping, flat rate shipping on that box. Are you encouraging people to not show the cigars? Because I haven't seen many. I've seen maybe two or most three people, people. Most people have been very respectful. I haven't seen anybody like blow up and open all 25 and show them all. Um, I know Terrence Riley. and I was and, just going to say and, that. Terrence. And, and so is Garrett Roberts. They're just doing a video a day. And they're literally, they started with one and they're just going to open one up every day. Yeah, I saw Terrence do one. So I guess he's doing all of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's cool to see too. Even if you have one, like it's, I don't know. It's it's a great concept. We did it with wine last year, and we actually really really enjoyed it. It was a very expensive box, but it was it was worth it. It was all half bottles, but we didn't get it this year because we're on a budget. But um, I I think it's a cool concept, and if you can still get it, so you know what, if you give it to somebody on Christmas, really they could just start it on January one or That's on it. December twenty fifth. Yeah, I guess you I can mean, work your way backwards. It's fun no matter how you slice it. So I mean, and most people are having fun with it and get it. You know, we had one whack job who like ordered it and shipped out the next day and then emailed us back. You know, it's not going to get here on time. I want to return. I'm returning it to sender. He literally returned it to us. Like, you know, what did you think it was going to happen in December and shipping? It was going to get there overnight. <laughs> you know, we shipped it out that you ordered like at night and it went out the next day. You know, but I tell you, it's such a delight these days. Yeah, it's a no brainer for the people in store. You know, as nice as it looks, like you said, on camera and seeing the video, when people actually see that thing and the heft, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's a great gift. Absolutely. Yeah, um, and they, they people coming in, most likely those people are coming in thinking they're going to buy a box for, for right. two or $300 anyway. This is, this is you know, a different. special thing. Yeah. yeah, it's beyond a box. So another interesting tidbit for anybody who's, you know, I got some interesting messages this morning that oh. the we, we got a second hotel block for the great smoke first time ever we sold out the whole hotel block wow and we got a second location i got messages this morning saying it was sold out i'm like what 
Impossible. I actually texted uh, Stephanie, uh, uh, one of my assistants, and she's like, that, that can't be right. So it seems what happened is there's a phone number for the new hotel at the location, but when people click on it, it was calling the old hotel that sold sold out. So that's uh, been – if you dial it, you call the right hotel, the right – La Quinta, but – if you clicked it and hit dial on your phone, it was linking to the previous number of the sold out hotel. Okay. So we got, I had a lot of messages this morning saying sold out is not sold out. There is still a block of hotels available. The rates hey. start at 109, which in February here in South Florida is retardedly crazy. Yeah, you can't get that. So um, it's still up. And I, and I already reached out to Rivers this morning. He fixed the link. So now it's all working. But just in case. If it does sell days, out, if it does oh. sell out, I got a pretty big backyard. People can start camping out here. Oh, Careful. I know. Careful. I know. I know exactly the right people to send your way. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So it's time for that segment uh, at the top of the hour every show. It's uh, as the record spins by Avo, Avo Cigars. Let's cue that up. Now, Paul, was this one of Eddie's questions? Yes. And oh, it's well, one, it's, I think it's one of the two that we didn't use all year. So I figured I, it would I, be I can good see to... why you didn't use it. It's a tough one to use. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Eddie, Eddie, the one thing you'll have to look forward to in our new season is you don't have to write questions. <laughs> no, that's true. You know, writing these questions was really all about people better, but also to kind of like screw them up because they're they're all like not – Easy to just go off the cuff. No, they, yeah. they weren't. It, it was like we purposely were like cracking up as we would write these. We like, how do you jam somebody up? Well, you know, that was one of the things when we agreed on doing this segment. I said, Eddie, you know, I can't get Paul to do a simple outline every week. There's no way we're thinking of questions for the show. So if you want to do the segment this way, Eddie, you're going to have to make the questions every week. And Eddie was like, no problem. I got it. So, Eddie yeah. Guerra, here's your question. Uh, from Avo Cigars as the record spins. If you die and are bought before judgment in heaven, what is the one thing they're going to expect you to answer before entering the Holy Land? Bro. Really? Yeah, bro. <laughs> question. Uh, it is your question. It is your question. Uh, Jesus. <clears throat> I can see why Paul never used this one. <laughs> There's a select few people we would. In give fact, in fact, to. this question might have been perfect for Matt Booth. Yeah, I was going to say, he would well, it probably, it, yeah, his his question was awesome. I love actually his answer was spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, if you die and are bought before judgment in heaven, what is the one thing they're going to expect you to have to answer before entering the holy? Well, I mean, Man, that's, that's, you were in Thailand and Bangkok for a long time. I got to imagine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's some stories like, there that need answering. There, there, there certainly is. Um, and I don't know if I want to name any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Live on the radio. But um, it definitely, that, that's, I'm pretty much going to leave it there. You know, ironically, I'll tell you what, when I was being, uh, 
when I was looking for a condo when I first moved to Bangkok, this is kind of weird, but I'm going to say it. Um, my realtor was like, hey, we're going to get you a really good apartment. It was, it was in this uh, street called Wireless Road. Wireless Road's in front of the U.S. Embassy. And, um, and she's like, this apartment's really special. You should get it. And it, she said the most twisted thing. It was, I was like, why is it special? Uh, she goes, because this is next door to where Kill Bill kill himself. Like when David Carradine did that whole um, association, uh, that thing. And she's like, so th this apartment's valuable. And I'm not going to lie, I took it. <laughs> it's just, it just so really weird. I don't know. I was like, oh, man. Kind of weird and creepy, but I kind of, I don't know. I don't, it was like a weird scenario, but I don't know why she pitched it that way, but it worked. And, and that's where I lived. Okay. Well, there you have it. I, 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 I can't I can't answer the question why. <laughs> there you have it's, it. I live right next door to where David Carradine uh, oh you are the best. Thank you. Uh, oh nice. fiance is the best. Oh in me. All right. So oh, what is that on the plate? You have to share. What do we have there? Uh she did what'd you do here? This is Pastrami and cheese rolled up with uh, truffle oil sprinkled on top. Oof. Oof. Well done. Truffle, truffle oil is, is that, that's the sign of real love right there. We're fancy. Yeah. No, I that's love why, it. That's why, we, that's why we're getting married. So. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure Stephanie does the same for Paul all the time. I usually, if, I, if we have breakfast, I make breakfast. And actually, the funny thing no is that I put truffle oil on our breakfast too i like to drizzle a little bit of truffle oil on eggs no I, there's something she, about it man she puts truffle on everything so it's awesome yeah, I, I love it yeah so eddie what yeah. what is i mean listen you manage davidoff camacho and avo i mean that's mm -hmm. like pretty much the davidoff portfolio man that's a huge job for one guy yeah um, I mean, what's, I mean, I what's, what's left, Zeno? Yeah, I mean, I, I do work on it. Technically, it falls up under my my uh, management, but um, for the most part, as, as you know, it, it kind of runs itself, and it, and it takes a lot of the direction from Switchhorn. So that that one's not as as uh, as difficult. Um, but the the you know, I, I say it's a gift, right? It's one of the greatest honors. To be able to to manage Davidoff and Avon Camacho, I mean, because you're, you're you're managing legacies and, and you get to push boundaries and do a lot of cool stuff. We also got to be careful to uh, respect legacies and and keep them intact. So, did you, you know, get Davidoff? Did you meet Avo? I never have. No, oh, I never wow. did. Uh, wow. Yeah, which which everybody says that we would have gone along, and you know that's. As amazing as Davidoff is, because it's absolutely, it's the pinnacle, right? I have probably the most fun with Avo, because um, I, I feel like it speaks to my soul like, as a brand. Everybody has brands that they identify with and brand ethos and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, every time I answer that question, people kind of get caught off guard because I'm always normally in a suit and dressed up and they're like, oh man, you're super Davidoff. And I'm like, yeah, man, but Avo, Avo's everything. And, you know, the first project, that I was able to to work on, and when I when I joined the company was uh, to launch uh, Synchro Caribe. So that um, 
was such an honor and, and such a cool time and experience working with the team and developing it. Like the cigar development part was very unique in its own right, but the way we brought it to market and the digital activation and the digital storytelling, like it's the first time that we did something incredible like on, on social media where it was four months of content day after day after day, including many documentaries, you know, interviewing artists and musicians and filmmakers. And it was just all tied into that auto ecosystem of which is just expression. And it's just something that I personally love. And, you know, uh, the team, we, we, we kind of all like identify with it. So it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And I, it's been a great honor and the cigar rocks, by the way. Are you, what do you think of it? Uh, we, I, I am not. That, that's, I, you know, that's, I, I, the one I, that's the one I went to. We, we both grabbed this one. It's one of my new favorite. I mean, it's new, so obviously it's the exciting one, but we enjoy it. I love it. Yeah. I'll tell you why I love this, by the way. It, it's a very unique way of blending, right? And, and you know, every manufacturer gets on here and says, oh, we blended this. is super crazy, super unique. But truthfully, like, the when we were working on developing this blend, uh, I was at the factory and they pitched me this idea that I absolutely was just like, wow, this is going to be everything. So the whole point, like we mentioned in some press releases that it's natural distribution and what natural distribution is, if you look at a tobacco plant and all of its primings, you know, let's say you have like 10% Lijero, whatever, 40% Viso, the rest is Seco, like all the primings, the blend is created in those same exact percentages so that every cigar is the recreation of a tobacco plant or the distribution of the way a tobacco plant grows in terms of primaries. So huh. it's super neat. It's, and I've never heard of this concept. And I was just kind of taken back by it. And the way they explained it to me and finished it, they were like, because when you're, the, it gets so balanced, that when you're done, you have a clean palate. And then at that point, I was like, really like, wait, what? So at that point, every time I took a puff, I was like, clean palate, and it really worked for me. So um, I just love this concept so much. I've never heard anyone talk about it, but it's it's really great to be a part of an organization, I guess, where everyone wants to put their own signature and their own twist. So like, while we're going above and beyond thinking of the brand and how we're going to execute and, and launch and, and activate the factory is always looking at ways of innovating and doing something completely different so it's like everybody even though you're in a different country is still in that same mindset of like we're here to push boundaries so um i love it it's actually my favorite cigar this year of everything nice so is there anything you guys are working on that's coming up that you could share with our audience? Uh, I mean, not really, but yeah, I mean, of course. Right. So we, we, we obviously it's have the sharing uh, with our audience. It's not really part. Right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but we will have a, another improvisation that, that will be coming out on his birthday as, as it always does. And last year, uh, we introduced the Camacho Factory Unleashed, which was an, another amazing project that I was so proud to be allowed to kind of re-envision that. And that was cool. And we're going to come out with another one this year, uh, a different version of it. But, you know, 
we, when I talk about changing the business, right, and we all talk about changing the business, it, it's also changing a mindset, right? And one of the big things that I think we're really focusing on is you don't always have to innovate products, right? And and I think that that's a really huge problem, man, because everybody every year is like, what's new, what's new, what's new, what's right? new? You don't have to, man, because what we create is already extraordinary. So where true innovation comes in is how do you reactivate and how do you continue to push your current core products in the market and coming up with new and exciting ways to create experiences for people because what I want is for people to fall in love with the product, not with what's new or what's on deal or what's on special. If you're loyal to a deal, you're going to be loyal to the next brand that has a deal three days later and then three days later after that, and three days later after that. I, you know, we believe in creating experiences for people that they understand the process of why we've created these, these cigars, why the cigars are special, and they fall in love with it. So it doesn't matter if there's a deal or not. They, they, they identify with the brand and fall in love with the brand. They will always stay loyal to it. And that's truly where a lot of our innovation is coming in moving forward because, man, you know, you also, you know, how many more, how big do people's humidors need to get to take all these brand new products? I mean, eventually it starts cannibalizing each other. That's so, you the know, problem we struggle with all the that's time. Correct, right? And um, I, I, and I love that, that that's the direction we're taking. And if you look at other industries that have similarities, I mean, the easiest example I, I, I give to people is like, how many new whiskeys do you see Johnny Walker come out with every year? You don't. It's black, blue, gold, green, platinum, and it stays there. They have a limited edition here and there with Game of Thrones, whatever, but everything they do about those five whiskeys. But they're not boring. They're not dull. They just reactivate and reactivate and reactivate and reintroduce and let people fall in love with their product. So um that's kind of where we're at right now and, it, and it's such an amazing ride because when you do that also internally you fall in love, really fall in love with the product and I, and I think the most important thing is that whatever we do it's true you truthfully have to be the customer first before you do anything so you got to envision things from the lens of the customer and there's two customers right you got you know the consumer and then also the retailer is also a customer so we got to envision things from their lens so we know what to do next and in the future and through that process and through creating these experiences it's amazing to see even internal reactions of like let's just say like avo core man when you smoke an avo xo like you have guys like man i haven't smoked this one in a while how amazing this is and it's like uh-huh the products speak for themselves man. you just gotta continue bringing it up and 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 doing cool things that that tug on the heartstrings of people so they could identify with it and and become brand loyalists. Yeah. Great philosophy. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's that time. We have one of our favorite correspondents in the wings ready to come on and tell us, uh, hopefully, some new news that's going on this week in the world of the scars. It's time to see what is the scoop with Coop. What's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Koopa. 
Good morning, everybody. Eddie, how's it going? Oop, how are you, my friend? Good. I have no airport photo to show you today, but... All right. <laughs> we'll, let <you laughs> we'll let you off the hook. Yeah, man. Great yeah. to see you, brother. You too. Hey, Abe, can I, before I start the news, make one comment about the advent calendar? I have personally, I have been personally blown away by it. Okay, and I and I normally don't impress easy with some of these things, but not only is that box cool, and I know people haven't been talking about the cigars, and I'm not going to reveal any. These cigars are like legitimately like cigars you're going to want to smoke. I, I mean, it was cigar after cigar I opened. It, it's unbelievable. Well, so, whether it's yeah. the Great Smoke, our cigar of the month club, yeah. what's the point in? using brands that nobody wants i mean that kind of defeats the purpose of any yeah. effort putting into any project you know we always try to pick products that we feel the masses will enjoy on some level now whether it's cigar of the month or the great smoke or the advent calendar yeah. nobody's ever gonna bet a thousand you know you, you know somebody's gonna hit a cigar and oh, i've had that i don't like it and that's just you know that's just the way it goes with stuff like that but the goal is, you know, it's 25 cigars. You're going to hit cigars you've never had before may try for the first time. And that's the fun of stuff like that. And if you like this Advent Killer, I'm telling you, I am so excited about the one we got planned for. I haven't even had a chance. Alex hasn't been around. Right. I even had a chance to talk to Alex about what we're going to incorporate for next year. It's going to be so badass. It's 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 going to be it's going to be next level shit next year. Yeah. Coop, let me ask you, did uh -huh. you when you got the the Advent calendar? Did you immediately open the first, what was it, 13 when you got it or 14 when you got it? No, actually, um, because I did some, I'm doing some photography on it because I want to do like a photo essay on this when it's done. So I started it on the 16th and I'm kind of going on the day of the month. Uh, and then so I'll go back and do the first 15 once I'm done. Oh, see, I like that way. I like that method. Because that I works. wanted to open, I want to open 25 Christmas. on Christmas. Right. That was the reason. And it was going to get too confusing if I did it any other way. Yeah, somebody right. had a, uh, I can't remember who it was, but I saw somebody post like they started it the day they got it, but then opened up one or two from the previous ones to match every day. So by the time they get to the 25th, they'll all be open. Everybody's yeah. having fun with it in their own way. I'm, I'm pretty sure some people have opened it all up already. It, it, it really is a fun, it, it's really fun. That's that's the key word, I think, with this. Uh, you're going to have fun with this thing. It, 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 it's it's there's no way around it. Um, and I'm looking forward to like, every day, just one a day, seeing what's behind that door. It's, re it's the, really cool. The order that they were put in was basically based on retail value. So okay. the first cigar has the lowest retail value, and the 25th cigar actually has the greatest retail value. That, wow. was, the order. that was the order in which they were packed. Okay, because I already I know where I'm at already, and there's some pretty good there's some pretty good value already. I'm at 18. Oh, yeah. Like, it goes, it gets, yeah. you know, it starts going up 1 to 25. I mean, it, it goes yeah. up. But yeah. um, it's really funny because it was the only really fairest way we could do it because I'm not going to mention manufacturers, but everybody had a very special day. This is my birthday or this means something to our family yeah. or yeah. this was this. And can we put it? And it's like, okay, you know yeah. what? It's just going to go in retail. It's the really, and honestly, I, that's the way the excitement should be. You should work up to, you know, you know, in, in the Christmas Bible, is a big a day. Crescendo, you know, you got to work it up to a, yeah. a crescendo. Yeah. It's got to work its way up to a, you know, a, an exciting point. And, so. and I think a lot of people after like their Christmas meal smoke something a little bit special that maybe they wouldn't smoke every single yeah. day. So that's that's going to be a special cigar. Cool. And the, the yep. 25 er is a special cigar. Yeah, so. I can't. Wait I don't even it. I don't know what it is. I have no clue. Oh, no. 
Yeah. Kind of just want to look. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have, unfortunately, I have them all memorized and embedded in my head. <laughs> I think and, Randy uh, does too. When I was talking of, to her, three days of packing cigars by numbers uh, kind of does that to you. But I, I tell you what, you know who's most impressive? In the, I mean, you know, I had my kids out there. My wife was out there. We had we had everybody out there packing. Um, my son, because you know he really wanted to help, but the problem is there's only so much he could yeah. do before he starts getting in the way. So we had all these high school kids, most of them girls, all working on all these different stations, teams of two, packing advent calendars. One would hand them up on the on the trick table for, on top of the four at a time while the other person slotted it. And as they would run out of numbers, they would tell Asher, I need more number nine. I need more number eight. And he would run. We had all the boxes laid out by numbers. He would grab a bundle, run it back to them. And he did that for like hours on it. So yeah, yeah. He, he, he had fun. Yep. It was that's awesome. That's awesome. He got involved with that. Yeah, man. It was kind of nice to have a family affair. And I'm yeah. gonna be honest with you, you know, Alex will tell you, you know, we do these think tank sessions. After my daughter spending two days working on this logistics of packing, how it was gonna be, I only think think tank session with them on a drive home. And um they came up with some of the best ideas that we're incorporating into next year's calendar. I was very, very impressed. That's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. And they're cool because now, as kids, they'll get to see their ideas formulate and, and, and come to fruition. So I think it's going to be a really cool experience for you know their minds to say, hey, I thought of this last year. Look at it. This is how it looked like when it was done. So yeah, that, yeah. that was kind of cool. That's beautiful. That's beautiful here. All right, Coop. What is the scoop this week? All right. And, Paul, when you get a chance, can you put up the image? Um, oh, I'm I got it now. Yep. Okay, awesome. So we're going to start off um, – Espinosa Cigars has shipped a cigar that they launched at the trade show. It's called the Las Seis Provincias Las Villas. Um, so this is one of their more premium brands that they've introduced a few years ago. This is the third installment. And you can see one of the highlights of this, and this kind of fits in a little what Eddie's talking about, is the whole theme around the brand. Um, they tend to go for kind of this unique packaging in, in the mantra of some old Cuban style. And this is representing like a curio cabinet with uh, some stained glass at the top. Uh, you'll see each cigar is actually in this release is packaged in a coffin. And um, if you're interested in the cigar, it's a Nicaraguan Puro that's available in one size and a five and a half by 54 Robusto. I've smoked this cigar at the trade show and it's a treat. I'm going to tell you that right now. So this is a really good cigar to check out. I was just at their factory earlier this week. In fact, I posted a picture with Junior um, and they had them there and I was going to bring ours back. But that box goes into another sleeve they haven't received, they hadn't received yet. Yeah, so they were waiting on that sleeve to ship them. Uh, I thought maybe he wouldn't let you. No, no, no. I, I was going to take it. I was really just going to take them, but um, yeah, they, he didn't have the components. And for shipping purposes, I prefer to have those boxes in the sleeve. His his father was up in uh, Alex's old neighborhood. Yep, he's in Philly right now. I, he might be yeah, heading back today. Wow. He uh, he goes to their Christmas party every year. I saw him. I saw him out there looking mighty cold. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. That is Those funny. Guys will still be outside standing nope. on the street. I was gonna say that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, nothing will stop them. Not. Not. Nothing will stop them. All right. Um, another piece of news. Um, this uh, we just had this gentleman on last week uh, from Southern Draw Cigars. Um, they actually have announced a national release, and I think he may have talked about this last week of the Jacob's Ladder Ascension. So it's a new blend under the Jacob's Ladder line. It had a soft launch for um, um, earlier, but now it's going nationwide. 
And I guess the, the highlight of this is this was one of the first prototype blends of the Jacob's Ladder blend that they didn't use. They made some cigars. They had them aside for a few years. And now they're, uh, they're going to take that blend and roll it out as an ongoing release. So you should start seeing retailers get that on the shelves in the next couple weeks. Cool. Yep. Yeah, it got some uh, cool, cool. Uh, the Jacob's Ladder blend is actually a pretty good uh, line, I like. Yes. Um, if you're a fan of um, Warp Cigars, and if you're a fan of uh, Hostos Casada, who's been a guest on this sh- uh, this show, uh, Hostos Casada, he now has his own factory, Tabacalera La Isla. He has done another cigar for Warp Cigars, and this is the second cigar he's done for them. And what's kind of unique, if you smoke Warped, and I know Warped has its has its following, but this one is actually a San Andreas wrap blend, and they don't do a lot of Maduros and Warped. So this is something that's a little different, and it's now getting ready to hit the shelves. It's, it's available in a 4.5 by 48 Rothschild, um, and in 20 kind of boxes, priced at $12. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's what I have for this week. It was a very light week, as I was telling Paul. Okay. Well, so much for that. Yeah, <laughs> I said that. I thought like, Paul was light this week. We're getting into Christmas. Things things are starting to shut down, so it'll probably be light till till early January. That's um, but we have to get into the next segment, which is I have a feeling the top the top three movies in your picks are going to be up for some debate, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, Abe, if cool. you want, we can how's, go. How's your oh, how's your top twenty or end of the year? Where you're at with that? Oh, uh, we just announced number twenty-three yesterday, um, and that was the Perdomo Reserve tenth anniversary Sungrown, which I think the Sungrown is kind of flown under the radar a bit. Uh, fantastic cigar. Um, so yeah, we're at twenty-three. Number twenty-two will be revealed today. So what? 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 What's the date where you plan on getting to number one? Uh January tenth, Monday, January tenth. Number one and number two are announced the same day. Oh, is there a reason why you do number one and number two on the same day? Because uh, basically what happens is if I do number two, most people can guess what number one is. So just do them at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) But I think you will be pleased is what I'm just going to say. I think you will be pleased. Which I normally say. uh, No. (laughs) 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 I'm actually talking to Abe. Davidoff's done very good on the coupe list. It's had a long streak on the coupe list. They've done very good. I'm smoking this uh, the Nicaragua box press, which is a former top ten. Love that cigar. I love that cigar. Yeah, I do too. So yeah, that will be revealed on uh, January 10th. Do you get a lot of people who complain about your picks when you do this every year? I was just going to ask that from the industry. Oh, from the industry, more from From the the retailers, more from the industry because they're all butthurt that they're not on the list. Steve (laughs) Saka. <laughs> no, no, he, uh, I haven't never got a complaint from him. But although he's been on the list quite a bit, I was going to say last like, year he no, was all okay. over the list. Yeah, okay, I do get compl- Here's what happens: I get complaints from the Saka cigar enthusiasts because they think I rate him too low on the list. You know, if he's not number one or number two, then I've screwed him basically. <laughs> that, I, I, I'll never forget. I I rated a, a Saka cigar in '89, and. You want to talk about hate mail incidents? <laughs> that was a hate mail incident. I I was getting it for weeks, like how I screwed that. I was accused one year of um, rating, not rating uh, Sin Compromiso on my list, and it cost Steve Saka the consensus, someone said. <laughs> so it's crazy. It's, it's that Saka mafia, man. You can't mess with them. 
No, they're uh, they're very. Loyal. He makes some great cigars. There's no doubt about that. But every cigar can't be number one either. That's true. Yeah. I'm curious now. I have to look back. I want to see what one got an 89. It's in Compromiso. Was it really? Yeah. That's funny because that's like one of my. I think that. Uh, well, that I think that's, that's my the- favorite of his cigars. Yeah, and um, that's why it got such a backlash. Yeah. And Steve, no, Steve actually and I have talked about it in, in on the air too. And he's like, "Look, you can't like every cigar." He was pretty. He he was not beating me up over it. It was everyone. That's else. right. You did one of the one of them has to go, didn't you? Didn't you pick Sin Compromiso when you had him on the show? That's right. Yep. Yep. I watched that episode. Yeah. Yep. yep. This is just your personal taste, right? That's what it's based on. It, in the end, it's my personal taste exactly. Yeah. And and there's no and right or wrong. There's no right or wrong when it comes Dude. to that. No. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, that's why lists baffle me, right? It, it's, you got to look at it just like wine, right? Like, you got to, you'll find a person that rates and reviews and cigars. Yeah. And if their palate aligns with your palate, that's the guy that you follow, right? So I follow Robert Parker. Some people follow James Suckling, right? Because yeah. whatever he rates is, is probably, oh man, I, I align with that. But every, every review panel has their own palate and it's all subjective. And dude, listen, at the end of the day, we're in 2021. It's not 2002. Cigars, all cigars are fucking great right now. Yeah. It's up to your palate. It's a lot yeah. of great Eddie, stuff to choose from. Eddie, that's a great point, Eddie, because here's the deal. Like, I get this, I get this comment, you're subjective. Well, that's exactly what I'm doing. I am subjective because sure. people want to know my opinion. On it's that. taste. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so taste. I may not be for everybody. I, I totally understand that. And we do that with everything. I mean, growing up, like, the only movie critic I would listen to is Roger Ebert. If he reviewed something and talked highly about a movie, that's a movie that made it worthy. Okay, I need to see yeah. that. I would have never thought of seeing that, you know, because I loved his reviews, and every time he reviewed something, I went and watched it. Exactly what he said is how I felt about it. So that's the guy I followed. So I mean, it's yeah, you just... find you find people that have similar similar tastes to you. Yeah, and it's not this, just cigars. It's and that's, like who, really that's who you follow. And that's who you follow. Yeah, yeah. All right. Are, are, are you into mafia movies, Eddie? I am. Oh, good. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to your critique. As always, this is season three of Tale of the Tape. Best top ten mafia movies of all time. Now, we're, this week, we're going to see who their picks are for number two of all time. Let's run it. Here we go. Tell the tape season three. Number two for me is Goodfellas. Coop's number three pick last year, last week. Um, Goodfellas is the opposite of The Godfather. It's a story. It's a true story. And it's a story of low level street guys, neighborhood guys. The main character in the movie weren't none of them were actually made guys. But uh, Goodfellas is is probably the most realistic mafia movie there is out there. Um, great cast of characters. Robert De Niro. Joe Pesci, Ray Liotta, and uh, look, Coop laughs at Joe Pesci. I love it. And pretty much, honestly, every other 
mob movie guy you could think of at a younger age is pretty much in that film. Um, tons of classic lines, tons of classic scenes that are uh, often repeated and imitated. Number two, Goodfellas. Take it away, Coop. Yep. So my my number two is um, The Godfather uh, Part Two, and uh, I don't want to call it a sequel because it's a it's a unique movie. It's a sequel and a prequel, um, and I really just. I, I tended to like the sequel part better than the prequel part. I know the whole prequel was mostly, uh, you know, in Italian. I didn't mind it, but the, the sequel was much more compelling to me. The whole part about Cuba, the whole Cuba connection in there. Um, of course, the Fredo, which I think is one of becomes one of the more iconic, um, you know, names in, in our uh, lexicon today. Um, in really, really enjoyable movie and um, one of a kind. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of people, a lot of people like two over uh, one, but interesting tidbit here that I'm seeing. Um, we took a different approach. I combined the Godfather and the Godfather two into one. Yes, you um, did. Just not to clog up my, oh. my list with the Godfather. And, and there is, if you watch the chronological um, way that they've done it is very good. But uh, you made a point earlier, you know, once you get to number two, most people can pretty much put your number ones in place. And uh, I don't think my number one is going to make your list, which is oh, no, wow. no, no. I, I am when you my when you number told, one movie is not going to make your top ten list. I oh, thought man. Goodfellas was going to top your list, and I was kind of wondering where. And I think I may know where two's going, right? But um, when you when you said The Godfather was one and two last week, I'm like, now I'm really perplexed. I don't think it's going to be a big surprise next week. What not one is on mine? I'm not going to lie. Sure. And, yeah. And I'm just I'm. We'll get into it more next week, but my one yeah. is not going to make your list, which is insane to me. And it just goes to show your bias for a disdain for a certain <laughs> that That's funny. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny, though, the whole, the whole Joe Pesci thing. So, you know, I, we talked about it last week. I actually thought he was good in Goodfellas. He he did a he did a good job in that movie. Uh, it was you I, said it. Don't worry. I, Joe Pesci's not watching. He doesn't care. I, I tell you, I was about seven years old. I, I remember when the Lestanza heist happened. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was a crazy wow. time. Wow. wow. Jimmy Con Jimmy Conway just died last year, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. old enough to remember Godfather 2 in the movies. Theaters. Not, not I don't wow. remember one in the theaters, but two I do remember in the theaters. All right. So on that note, here's here's a good thing. <laughs> Mine's gonna be the weirdest. What's the wow. first know, movie? What's the first movie you guys remember? Going to see it in a movie theater. Ooh. Peter Pan. Mine is oh. literally going to be the weirdest one. Out of, I, I guarantee you, out of everybody. In fact, some of you, I'll bet you, Eddie, how old are you? 40. Mm, Eddie and Coop may know it. I doubt Paul. Well, Paul's a theater guy. He may. But I'm close to Eddie. So I mean, I'm 38. Eddie's Peter Pan. How about you, Paul? Uh, no, Eddie said Pinocchio, I thought. No. No, Peter Pan. Oh, that was Peter the first Pan. I'll never forget. It was the first time I went to the movie theater because I was like, what is this? I was young. And it's, it's those weird moments you remember where you're like four years old. And I remember Peter Pan. That was the And that was the re-release. Mine was, I think, the re-release of um, Bambi. Yeah, It's funny. You guys got all these little cartoon movies. I don't remember. I was, I was you four years old, man. It was 1985. Paul, Paul, like, Paul's going to like mine. I gotta see what year this oh. movie was. All right, this was, but but it is a Disney movie. Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Oh wow! That was your hey, first movie. Wow, love that movie. Yeah. 
I was yeah, I was like four when that movie came out. And I remember it. Yeah, I went with my aunt and mom. I remember they took me to that. So mine was in 1979. So I was seven years old when I saw my first movie. Listen, my parents weren't movie people. I think my dad's maybe gone to the theater like four times in his whole life. I mean, it just wasn't happening. So it was very weird that for whatever reason, I guess it was critically acclaimed. I mean, it, it, it actually beat. No, was it? No, it wasn't Kramer versus Kramer. It was Ordinary People that beat um, Mean Streets. But it was a critically acclaimed movie. It was a Dustin Hoffman movie. The Graduate. Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, Kramer versus Kramer was your first movie at seven years old. Yes, I guess my parents. And I remember there was a nude scene Kramer. in it. I was like, "What?" Yeah, oh, wow. it was. It was. Wow, it was, it was it was the now, first so wait, time. you went with both your parent, your mom, and your dad. My mom and my dad, I think, went with an uncle and aunt. I mean, I was seven years old. I can vaguely remember this. I remember it because it was a nude scene. Your first it. nude scene. Yeah, I know. I, you remember I, the reaction you're looking at your no. parents, like, "Holy shit, what am I yeah. looking at?" <laughs> yeah, it's my first time. Uh, I saw those were always awkward moments. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't nothing awkward. sexual. It was like an ass scene, you know, or something. It wasn't like Still. you know, you know, awkward. people having sex in bed, but. Um, I remember I was like, whoa. Yeah, it was crazy. And um, yeah, it was Kramer versus Kramer. And then I think they made us go watch Jesus of Nazareth <laughs> when they wanted to go well, that. Was that. A, I, I, I saw that young. Well, I went to Catholic school, so you can imagine. I saw that. Yeah. Movie. And I think the first like kid movie was Superman. They took me to see Superman. I think I had to beg to go see Superman. I remember that. I remember. Yeah. I remember way, Marlon Brando. To, I saw that in the theaters as well. I'm going to say, in your top 10 mafia list, I'm a little, I, I love Goodfellas, right? I mean, I think that's that's definitely in the top three. But I can't believe I don't see King of New York in there. And I can't believe I don't see Casino in there. Well, well there's one there's left. Number one. There's one left. Yeah. Casino should definitely yeah. be in, one, in the list there's as well. Left, I agree. And, and King, King of New York. York. I mean, fucking uh, Christopher not, Walken. He wasn't a mafia guy. Oh, I mean, a great movie. Love the movie. It wasn't I mean, it wasn't a mom. Neither was neither was Scarface. Reality. I agree. We had this argument. With we made a big uh, argument about that. We don't think Scarface and, belongs on the list. Well, Vincent Pastore. He's gonna go back. To <laughs> All right, I got a question. I got a question. We got five men on the screen, right? Who isn't done right. Christmas shopping? Oh, who isn't right done? Yeah, who isn't? I'm not done. Nobody's done. I'm not, I haven't even started. <laughs> We're done, but yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't started. You don't. Yeah, do it. I don't do it. I just, have to, done, I, have I, get, I just have to. get Brandy's my wife. done. You took care. Of Brandy's done. done. But listen, my wife, man, listen, she just doesn't wrap gifts, man. She puts the ribbons, the twine. Yeah. My, I told my wife, you should, you should just go gift wrapped in a mall. You know, because she really like loves gift wrapping. She's actually phenomenally. Good oh at my it. god! Tell her to come over here if she she's really like a professional gift wrapper. I think I I'm helped horrific. her one year, and we got in a big fight, and that was the end of me helping gift wrapping ever. Yeah, but, I don't um, do it either I don't now. I don't do it either now, and I, unless I order something on Amazon that I think somebody wants. Abe, do you and your wife get each other gifts? We say no every year, and we do but, it, yeah. and we do every year. So yeah, right, literally. so we, we usually get each other like a good amount of gifts, but the last two years with the kids, we're like, listen, we'll get one gift for each other. I have st I, the only Christmas shopping I've done is right here. There's only one thing that Stephanie wants. There's a pair of shoes. So I, I yeah, Mar Marissa gets me the them. same gift every year, and she yells at me because she knows that's, yeah. this is what I want every year. I want the same thing. I want the same. What pair is it? Of, I need to it's know. A pair of yeah. black pants. Oh, the ones because, that you wear every day. 
Yeah, because now I have new ones, and the old ones become the knockaround ones. And yeah, uh, yeah years up, that's what I want. Uh, my, yeah. uh, that's what I want. That and whatever. T-shirts, undershirts. I mean, yeah. I don't give a shit. That, like that's what I always I, – yeah, underwear, T-shirts. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I, yeah, I, don't, I don't buy. These are, these are some hell gift, guys. Underwear, <laughs> t-shirts, pants. Well, listen, listen, listen. You're still in fiance mode. Give it time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Give it time. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Abe, who wraps your wife's gifts? Your daughter? Um, no, typically the company I buy it from. Okay. I've utilized my daughter over the years. Com- it comes delivered very well gift wrapped. That's, that's Cartier like- and t- Cartier and Tiffany wrap his wife's gifts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They come, very, they come very well. Paul, gift Paul that's the one advantage of having daughters is they love wrapping gifts. Like, even okay, thirty, and she still loves wrapping gifts. I don't, so. tr- I don't trust my daughters, man. They all got big mouths. Uh, I can't. That's true. Uh, I can't let. I can't let my daughters in on any, any of surprises yeah, I ever do for my wife. Now I could see. I could see that. No, oh, but, yeah. Coop. When 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 my wife gets gifts like that, now I make it the gift for the year. Last year, she really wanted uh, a bracelet that was very expensive, and I said, "Awesome! This will be the gift for Christmas, birthday, anniversary, and you any other you special occasion." You think you get away with that? I didn't. I still ended up buying yeah, stuff for the, the other, but here. not as much. Nowhere near as much. Nowhere get the near. Hell out of here! That doesn't fly. All right. Being this is the last show before the end of the year, right? New Year resolutions. They suck. Is anybody making any? Never. Paul, you, I know you got one. I never. No, I don't do it. I've I've never really done it. I I think if I had to say now that we're like settled in the house, like I haven't run since my son since before my son was born. And as much as it sounds weird, I very much enjoy. I mean, I don't go crazy. I used to do two miles like four or five days a week. But I, I really want to get back into that to do something for myself. And I enjoy it when I'm in it. You know, once I get through that first week of the hell, I, I really enjoy that, like, time. It's very rare for me to be able to, like, turn off turn off my brain. That's actually why I do enjoy smoking cigars as well because it's one of the few times in my life where I can, like, kind of take myself out of the world and just kind of zone out. So, um yeah, I, I guess if I had to have one, it would be to start running again, which I, I plan to do. I, I do New Year's resolutions every Monday, and I fail every Dude, Monday. Was- <laughs> Monday, I'm going to start going back to the gym. Wait, Monday. I, Alex, I was just saying the same thing in my head. I have a resolution every fucking Monday. I do, I do the same fucking thing every Monday. But you know what? We, we need to get back on racquetball. I agree. We were actually enjoying it. Oh, you play racquetball. I, I've been an avid racquetball yeah. player since about – Oh, man, I would old. love to play you. I love playing. So, Abe, you're legit with the racquetball, man. You're, you, you know, you you hold your own there. I saw the video. No, he's legit. Abe's legit. Yeah. He's a smart. Yeah. He, he knows yeah. how to play. He knows yeah. how to play. So we. He, yeah, I, I think I, Eddie. I, I think Eddie would be surprised Abe at Abe's athleticism. Yeah. The, the no, man. Racquetball is interesting, man, because you don't. If you're really good, I play quite a bit. If you're really good, you don't even have to move that much. Right. That's it's where about, Abe is. Okay. So first off, for the record, you know, first off, my vision is like crap so that's part of the problem in racquetball but i get those makes, goggles alex make, no it just doesn't help i play with my glasses but when you try to watch a ball moving 100 plus miles an hour you know you need good vision <laughs> but glasses. alex keeps me running around i've had my little i've bit. had my good wind going on the only difference is i just make him run around 10 times more right <laughs> i have never that's played awesome. racquetball 
It's it, listen. It's a fun sport. I mean, Alex saw man. My heart rate was what over one sixty. You know, we we have our little apple. Oh, dude, it's it's yeah. It's, it's intense. literally high intense interval training because it, it's just sprints. You know, like if you start it's running, you, you sprint and stop, sprint and stop. It's right. Awesome. There's a lot of muscle groups involved, right? It's I, funny. We'll, I don't we'll even know the rules. We'll be playing, and and able. Uh, I'll get a point, and able go. If it was a one point game, I really would have ran for that one. But you're down nine, so I'm saving yeah, my energy. I gotta, I, <laughs> yeah, I gotta play that way. I gotta conserve my energy. Like nah, one, you like, one, I could have got that one, but I'm ahead enough. I don't have to exert. You know, when you're moving 400 pounds as fast as you can, man, there's a drain on the energy flow, and you're, you know, gotta conserve that energy. But yeah, yeah I would love to learn how to play, but I could never do it with any of you because you're gonna film it. <laughs> it's really a it's simple be... game, Paul. I mean, it's 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 hard, but it's it's a simple game. It's really yeah, but simple I, game. I'm not the most athletic but person. I, in the I world. was, I, I, you know, the worst. I think it was Minnie the last time we played. We were we went with uh, Briggs, our operation guy, and his son. We kind of had like this turn, mini tournament yeah. winner kept going winner. So Matt and his son were were so bad. Like we played two games in the time that they took to play one. So then I had to play Matt's son, who was who's what 23. Yeah, 23. Yeah, you know, 23 and a beast, right? So, like, literally, I played him. I think I almost had a heart attack that game. I I literally (laughs) did. I mean, I had to stop for, like, 10 minutes just to. Yeah, there's no finesse in Danny either. There's no finesse. No, he's just fast. No matter where I hit the ball. No matter how he he got there, and then he hits it as hard as he can. Thank God with not too much skill, but he just hits it as hard as he can. (laughs) Well, because people don't realize when you hit it hard, if you don't hit it right, you actually. Yeah, you help the other guy because you give him more time because it doesn't die, and, and if you know where the how the ball moves, it actually helps. But that's that's my New Year's resolution. We need to get. We were playing three days a week for a long time, and we got to get back on yeah. on that track. Then then Russian baths after. Russian baths. <laughs> it's close. Listen, I I'll tell you what. Credit to them though. Um, I asked them on on Instagram Messenger just to see oh, you what did? was going on. And 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 the kid, I know it's the son that runs the Instagram. He reached back out to me. He said, you know, we're they're opening New York in uh, right around Christmas. But he, he said he said Miami's proving to be tougher. Um, there's just are they not opening for financial reasons, or is the city giving them? No, the city's since the building fell down there. Not just the city oh. and federal inspectors have really been. Okay, can, so, you know, so it's not COVID yeah. related at all. It's it's it's, just, it's a lot of insp- and listen, that place has been there forty years. I'm sure they've been greasing somebody's yeah. pocket for thirty nine of them. You know all that wet and water everywhere. So it's it's a little you know. There's no more. You can't grease the local guy anymore. Did, he said, did, but did, they're working on it. They haven't given up. It's so they plan on. They're still trying to hope. Oh yeah, it. he said no. We're you know that's we're not good, man. Up. I got that ten pass years. punch card. I haven't used yet. Yeah, me too. I got. Like, I <laughs> the guy sold me a ten pass punch card last time. <laughs> They closed the week after. Right. <laughs> I was like, great move. Well, Eddie, thank you for joining yep. us today. Deeply oh, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a great yeah. way to close out our year. Um, Coop, thanks for the news. Gentlemen, all thank our you, fans man. out there, truly appreciate We wish everybody a very happy holidays. All right. Happy and healthy, safe new year. For everybody, KMA will be back in 2022. We're going to take the next two weeks off with the best of. And we come back in January with Mike Condor and John Huber of Crown Heads. And there's a couple of guys who really don't do the circuit. 
right? They're not on a lot. So no, nope. uh, I've never. I don't think I've seen interviews with them. So very little. So it should be a very interesting show. We're excited. Uh, so we'll see you all back in two weeks. Uh, until then, everyone, keep it lit.